0: The Victory Formation podcast is brought to you by Pilgrim Roasters. Pilgrim Roasters is a roastery and coffee shop located at 4120 Main Street in Manayunk, Philadelphia. Pilgrim Roasters specializes in unique coffees from all over the world, brought specially to you in-store and online at www.pilgrimroasters.com. Take 10% off your first order with Pilgrim Roasters when typing in promo code GoodSoup10 at checkout and figure out what all the buzz is about. You know something? No soup for you! Come back one year! We both
1: have so much in common. We both love soup.
0: Soup's not a meal! You're supposed to buy me a meal! I'm not stopping you from eating. Go ahead and eat. Get anything you want.
1: That's a lot of soup! That's a lot of soup. It looks delicious. soup.
0: What is up, everybody? It is Friday, March 11th, and baseball is back. How does that make you feel? Surprised and elated, to be honest. Um, Details are still kind of flowing in on what everything is going to look like. We do know that there is a new 12-team postseason format which is cool. I'm into it. Um, Before it was the two wildcard teams played and then four. So yeah, we're adding a team in each, I think, is how it looks. So there's no more buy in the the first round, but uh, excited to see that. The major takeaway was a new pre-arbitration bonus pool, which essentially the players wanted arbitration to expand or pay to expand for young players what the owners countered with is you're going to get a 2.75 million dollar payout if you win the Cy Young and you're you know on your rookie deal you're going to get 1.75 million bonus if you finish second or third and etc cetera, etc cetera. there's a total of 50 million dollars available to those players that are reward-based payouts for performance so it does pay the people that perform over the value of their contract. It's not perfect, but it's still good. Minimum salary was raised to 700000 but it peaks at 780000 Um, That's a win for both sides, I feel like. Uh, there's a new CBT threshold, which is a uh, penalty paid for the cap in baseball. There is no cap, but at $230 million, in 2023, and it'll peak at $244 million in the final year. So that is going up. And there's an introduction of a new tier of that CBT penalty that starts at $60 million past the threshold, which the Dodgers are for, say, at right now. Um, all of that acts as a quote-unquote soft cap, a phony cap for a salary cap. You start paying fines if you get to those points in your payroll. The players got to up that CBT threshold and the owners got a lower penalty tier, like I said, and a further penalty instead of a flat rate at that 60 million past the threshold. So there were gives, there were takes, both sides seem happy with this more money for young players, 12 team postseason. Uh, uniform ad patches will be added. So all of this stuff.
2: So, They canceled the first two series, like, what, a week or two weeks ago? Yeah. But now I saw something
0: where they're going to play all the games. I think that's still up for debate right now. Like, not from the players and owners, just as in we don't really know this second. I think we're going to know tomorrow. Rob Manfred said, I'm genuinely thrilled to be able to say that Major League Baseball is back and we're going to try to play 162 games. I do want to start by apologizing to our fans. Fuck you. Looking forward, I could not be more excited about the future of our game.
2: Got it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, as I mentioned on the pod weeks weeks prior, the business aspect of it was definitely interesting to me. But it's good to have this headache out of the way. Now you got the pitchers and catchers reporting. Spring break will happen, or spring training will happen. So um, long overdue. It's good to get out of the way, and now uh, now we can actually focus on the game.
0: Yeah, and you know it's good to have the cloud uh, of baseball not being a thing and how argumentative it is cleared and gone. Do want to say. The baseball will not start till June. We both said just right. That was officially an overreaction. Baseball appears to be starting in April. So I'll admit I was wrong, but I didn't see this coming. This felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. I'm glad they worked it out. It seems like the owners did acquiesce and do some of the things the players wanted. And the players were willing to keep that CBT penalty, quote unquote, soft cap in place um, without a salary cap. So everyone kind of wins it to an extent only time will tell how much each win out of this but uh baseball's back
2: yeah so outside of like public opinion take that key out of it was it did the players or did the owners come out on top here or 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 do you think it was actually pretty even
0: i think it's pretty even just looking at what each side got um that cbt penalty yeah, it was raised, but that additional $60 past penalty tier does hurt and will act like a hard salary cap at about $300 million. Uh, again, it's not a salary cap, but it kind of is a salary cap. The players win minimum salary, $700,000. That's not bad at all. Um, it's still not as good as other leagues, but it's way better than the $500,000 it was sitting at. The pre-arbitration bonus thing, I don't really know how to, how to work that out. I, we're going to have to see that play out over the next 10 years, you know. Um, I don't know if that's a win for the players or not yet. I think the main winner of all this is the fans. A 12-team postseason format is better, I think, for everybody. Um, and baseball's back. I think those are the two wins. I think it's it's more of a win for the fans, and time will tell if the players or the owners won this. But it's good for both sides.
2: Yeah, baseball is back. Hopefully they get rid of that one-game wild card game. What, turn it into like a three-game series? Or what's your thought on that?
0: I have legitimately no idea where that's going. They added another team, which means that there's – three wildcard teams uh i don't really know i'm gonna be honest i'm not i'm not really sure how that's gonna work i'm kind of skimming through to see if anyone said anything on it not really so i i think in the next couple days we're gonna figure out the structure of that and what it looks like since this news broke at like what 4 p.m today we still don't really know but uh yeah i i don't know I don't know how the wild card situation is going to work. I think we get three wild card teams now. So maybe the first wild card team gets automatically in and the last two play a game. I, I really don't know.
2: Got it. Got it. Wow. Well, yeah. It's good to have it out of the way. I, I was definitely in the boat of, especially from the, the news and how the reporters were framing it, it seemed like we, we were never going to see baseball ever again. So that's what I thought. I'm definitely surprised and blindsided by it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I am too. I did not expect to hear this today. And uh, it's pretty cool. I will say that I'm looking at an article on the postseason format. doesn't give a lot of information. It does show the longest active playoff droughts. The Mariners are by far the most at 20 seasons. You want to guess who's the second longest drought at 10 seasons? Um, shit. I guess the Phillies. Yeah, it's the Phillies. That really hurts to look at.
2: Ten C so 2012.
0: Eleven was the 11. last time they made it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean
2: the the, the, the Orioles will be there soon, so don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um they they probably will. Right now it's Phillies and then Tigers, Angels, the Pirates are at six. Yeah, the Orioles are at five, so they're they got five more seasons, but they they might be on track to beat that. No one's touching the Mariners at twenty, though. The last time the Mariners made the playoffs was two thousand and one. That's almost impossible.
2: Good job, Jeter. <laughs> I know he wasn't there the whole time, but that's that's what he was brought in to fix. So. It's the
0: Marlins, but I'm gonna give you credit oh. for that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit. That's fine. We we're we're good. Um, more sports notes. NFL league year has started. We've just had a flurry of news come across. I'm sure everyone's seen by now. Russell Wilson traded to the Broncos. Carson Wentz traded to the Commanders. Manders. Um, Khalil Mack was traded to the Chargers today. Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the Packers. We're going to have James Esposito on to talk about all of that stuff. So if it seems like I'm breezing over it, we're going to hit that in detail coming up in a minute.
2: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, all of the craziness around the NFL. There's going to be a lot that we're going to touch on, but it's been a crazy week in sports this week with all those moves, uh, conference tournament and college basketball, the MLB coming back. It's been crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. I, I, I'm really interested to hear James' takes on a lot of these too. Him and I haven't really texted about it too much, so it'll be. It, it'll be fresh, fresh to me as well.
0: No, yeah, man. Um... On that note, let's just get into it. We're going to bring in James Esposito to talk all things NFL New League Year. Stay tuned, and we'll see you guys after. All right, everybody. We are joined now by James Esposito. We're going to talk about the NFL New League Year. There's been a flurry of opportunity. So, uh, James, I'll I'll throw this to you to start. Aaron Rodgers' deal. Good for Rodgers, good for Green Bay, or good for everyone?
3: Uh, that's a tough one. To be honest with you, I was definitely surprised by Rogers staying in Green Bay. I kind of thought the writing was on the wall that he was either out of there or possibly going to retire. And something that I was thinking about too is that Rogers is somebody who he his maybe his passion, his fire for the game is comes under question sometimes. And the fact that he just signed a now four-year deal at 38 years old, I believe. That's definitely surprising to me, especially with the whole situation there. And then Adams, we know Adams is a free agent. So, so hopefully, I mean, if Adams comes back again, you know, they'll be able to survive like usual. But, you know, if something happens where Adams doesn't come back, I don't know what they're going to do because it's been a problem forever where they just don't have many weapons. So, I mean, he must obviously, you know, he's clearly been talking to Devontae Adams. So, yeah. I would assume that this news probably means that Adams is coming back, which means everything is going to be at least okay to pretty good. But yeah, if it doesn't, that's the only thing that could happen that could make this really a bad
2: situation. Devonte got tagged.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I I think that they had to have asked Devonte Adams, like, will you take the franchise tag to help with cap? And he probably said for one year, Sure. Um, I know Roger's deal is structured in a way where his cap hit is very low this year and next year, and it's all guaranteed backloaded money, which screams to me that he's going to play two or three years and retire before this deal's up. Cause they wouldn't have given him what $152 million guaranteed. If it was certain that he's going to play out the whole deal. I I think there's a chance he retires and and takes that guaranteed money with him.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's my fault. The, The Adam slipped my mind, but, yeah, again, I mean, the franchise tag is still a year. So, you know, again, after this year, we don't know what's going to happen. And I mean, the front office has, has got to do something regardless. Like they still need other weapons. They're, they're just so one-dimensional. It, it, it's, their, it's been their main hindrance every single year for we don't even know how long.
0: Yeah. And I mean, with this Rogers contract hitting the books, you have to imagine Zadarius and Preston Smith are in trouble to be, you know, cuts or not brought back. We were talking, Finney and I, about the possibility of them trading. Um, why am I pulling a blank on the running back's name right now? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, just a free cap space because they have Dylan behind him and he makes a ton of money or restructuring his contract. There are options. Guys might want to restructure to stay and play with Rodgers. But, yeah, they're going to lose Lazard pretty much guaranteed now. So that, that is another weapon gone.
3: Yeah, and then, like you said, with if they lose Darius and Preston or – Even really, just Zadarius, like that, that's going to be such a huge blow to them because those were the moves that took their team to the next level. Because the year before uh, they brought LaFleur in, they were six, nine, and one, I want to say. And if they, even if they were fine offensively, they just always had problems defensively. And then they finally, you know, because the Packers notoriously just don't go out and sign free agents, but that offseason specifically, they made a few major moves that really took their team to the next level. So I agree, uh yeah, they definitely need to bring back at least one of those guys, you know, ideally both, but um yeah, trading Aaron Jones, I'm surprised that they signed him to that big deal in the first place after drafting Dylan and then having him look good on the field because running back is already the most replaceable position in the league. So, that's definitely not the spot where you want to have two guys that you're kind of focusing your team around.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, the Vikings are going through it right now with um, fans want them to re-sign Alexander Madison. But if you're paying Cook all this money, there's no need for that. You can get a backup running back at a reasonable cost. And Dylan was a top five-round pick. I think he was a second-round pick, Finney. Is that right?
2: Uh, Uh,
0: Shit. Yeah. Second second or third. third. I think he came out of Cincinnati, right? uh, Boston College. But second or third-round pick. He's probably not making that much money. So that, that's an answer. I don't know. We're going to see. Their division is really bad. Um, my team, the Vikings, are not going to be great next year. They're not going to be terrible. They'll compete for a wild card spot. The Bears are tearing it down. The Lions are the Lions. So no matter what, they're in play for the one seed. It's just a question of can they beat those top teams in the NFC, even with Rodgers. They couldn't last year. We'll see if they can next year.
2: How, how do you like that challenge, Finn? I mean, when, when I heard he came back and then I heard Russ – so we'll transition here – Russ going to the Seahawks. I circled the Rams. I circled – who else is in that other division? I don't know. I, I circled like two or three teams in the NFC that the Packers really have to compete with. Um, I mean, the NFC, the NFC North is atrociously bad, possibly worse than the NFC East which is saying something. So uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of money. Like the Packers do this every three, four years. They just throw all the money at him. Uh, It'll keep me watching for a few more years. So they did their job. I I know you're a Jordan love guy though. So, I mean, what's going on with that? Like, I don't know, maybe he'll be moved to the, uh, uh, to the Colts or move somewhere else. I don't like, what are you going to do? A four year contract? Like what's Jordan his Love value? Already, yeah, like, J- exactly. Jordan Love's already been on the bench for two years. So yeah, you're well, going to sit in for another four. What? Do, what
0: you're definitely not going to get a first round pick for him. No, no, I don't uh, think. Uh, what's his value? A fifth round pick at this point? Um, de-
3: yeah, de- definitely not a first or second Maybe a third of the highest.
0: I don't third. like. We'll talk about it in a bit, but like Wentz went for two thirds, and Wentz is a. I don't like him, but he's a way better quarterback than Jordan Love because he's at least proven something. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. why why take Jordan Love when you can draft Sam Howell probably in like the second round of this draft? Who's a better prospect? I, yeah, and and now
2: Jordan Love's going to be like the highest paid backup in the fucking NFL.
0: Yeah, because he's got a first round pick salary too.
2: Yeah. It's just so, fu- like, the front office is so pedestrian. It just pisses me off.
0: Transitioning into uh, Russ, because you brought it up, Russell Wilson, not Westbrook, <laughs> almost said it by accident, was traded to the Denver Broncos um, for a pretty large package that included three picks, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, uh, the Seahawks gave up Russ in a fourth. So, James, I'll throw it to you. Your thoughts on the trade, winners, losers, and how Russ fits in Denver?
3: So uh, when I was looking at the trade and just, you know, what they got back in return, I was trying to decide if it was maybe too much or too little and I couldn't decide right away. So that probably means that it was at least somewhat of a fair deal value wise. And then uh, in terms of what it does to the Denver Broncos now, obviously, you know, I mean, in my opinion I think Russell Wilson is the third best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes and Rogers and I mean, if people disagree, he's at least you know up there for sure. And so he's he's he obviously makes them definitely a threat to, to do some damage. We all know that AFC West is loaded for sure. Um, the Broncos had a pretty underrated defense last year. I, I wonder if they're wishing that they maybe kept Von Miller at this point after kind of getting rid of him, you know, in a possible build for the future type move last year. Um, but then you know, everyone also is talking about the the weapons that the Broncos have on offense, and while I do like the weapons like Judy and Sutton, you know they have, they have some deep wide receiver core, Patrick Hamler, and then Javante Williams at running back. But I mean, let's not forget this Russell Wilson played with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, so yeah, I don't know if you could say that's an improvement. So he, he's he's going to put up probably similar numbers to what he usually does and i think they're probably on par with the chargers at the moment but still i would say a step behind the uh, the chiefs in that division
0: yeah um a couple initial thoughts i had i didn't think they gave up a lot like yeah two first round picks including number 8 this year 2022 20, second so like they gave up their first and their second this year and then a 2023 20, second and a fifth yeah it's a lot of picks but you're getting a it, no one can argue any worse than a top eight quarterback in the NFL. That's impossible to find almost. I mean, the Broncos have had 15 different starting quarterbacks since Peyton Manning. It's almost impossible to believe, and a lot of that was like Kendall Hinton started a game because of COVID and guys getting hurt, but essentially the least stability a quarterback of any other team. I wouldn't say the Broncos are like a quarterback away from Super Bowl contention, but it's a better situation for Ross strictly because the defense is good. And you have Javante Williams in the backfield, who I think is going to be a superstar. I think he's going to break out next year, help Russ in pass protection, catching the ball, running the ball. He's a difference maker. I don't really know if the Seahawks got a ton of value. Like, Drew Locke's going to get either cut or be a backup. Shelby Harris is a nice D lineman. Noah Fant's been underwhelming as a pro. Two firsts is good. Second round pick this year and next year is good. You'll be able to rebuild. But I don't know if in five years we're going to look back on this trade and say that like either team won or lost. It It's kind of like a parallel move, I think. I, I will say kudos to Denver. They went out. They needed a starting quarterback. They got one. They're going to have a brutal time because that division is tough. Uh, with McDaniels and Vegas, I expect they will even be better next year. They have some good pieces. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Chargers are still a really formidable team, and we'll get to their acquisition a little bit later. But I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I, I don't think it's immediate. Denver is a Super Bowl contender. So t-
2: two alternate topics here off of this, two things that I'm looking at um, John Elway president of the Broncos, when he was brought in was the quarterback whisperer because he brought in Peyton Manning. You even said it yourself, Eric, they've been through 15 quarterbacks. So what does this say about Elway's eye for identifying talent? And then two, Uh, Russell Wilson was had a no trade clause. So he had to approve the move and, and the trade going to Denver. What do you think was going through his mind? He's going to now the hardest division in professional football. Can he still come? Like, are they going to be competitive? That was the biggest thing for me. It's like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to go play against the chargers and the chiefs. That's four tough games right there. You got the, the Raiders as well. It's like, Every pro player, especially in the NFL, they want to win championships. They want to make it to the Super Bowl. Is this the best route? I mean, he did leave the NFC West. So it's like he was going to play against the Cardinals and the Rams too. Like it's I, – I think someone said it. It was a lateral move. Like what are your guys' thoughts on that? So,
3: so my note on that is I would say that um, – so when it comes to pro athletes, they always – especially someone, you know – with the talent that Russell Wilson has, they always view themselves as they—they—they're not necessarily like making their decisions based on what type of competition they're going to face. Because if anything, a lot of them even like the challenge like that. And then plus also, they're—they're they're all trying to win the Super Bowl. So if—if if you want to be the best team and win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to do that regardless of where you are. You're going to have to go through the playoffs. You're going to have to beat the best teams. Like, for example, like obviously you know. So I'm a, Le- I'm a LeBron James fan. And then for years, everyone would, would always say, oh, LeBron, LeBron is hiding in the East because he likes the easier matchups over there and he'll never s- sign with a Western team. That doesn't really make any sense because the best Western team makes it to the finals and he has to beat them there. So it's not like it sounds like it's like this any easy solution there. And then also, so, so I know that he turned, supposedly there's the reports are that he turned down a potential trade to... I wanna say at least two teams from from just the reports that I'm hearing. The Eagles were one of them. And it's kind of I have to say that it's sad as an Eagles fan. I like Hertz, but you know, he was just not good this season, really, at all, other than obviously his running ability. But yeah, so you, you gotta realize too that when it comes to teams that are training for a quarterback, it's generally it's generally gonna be the lower level to maybe low mid-level teams that are going to be trying to trade big to get a to get a veteran quarterback so so in terms of those teams the broncos are probably a you know realistic option for him there
0: i uh i think what's really interesting here and something not a lot of people have talked about i think this trade is less russ wanted out of seattle and more seattle wanted russ gone like russ is kind of an exhausting guy there's been a bunch of athletic like the athletic Reports that have come out of reporters who had a bunch of information that they couldn't release while he was on the team and beat writers and other things. And a lot of it points to like, the locker room didn't really like Russ, the organization basically said, hey, you got to change the way that you operate as a person and a football player and russ didn't like that and they basically sent an ultimatum to the agent last offseason and that's why the agent released the list of teams he could potentially want to go to and one out so it wasn't like russ was like i can't win here it was more or less the team started it by saying we're kind of burnt out of your bullshit and russ is pretty exhausting i mean this year he's saying all the stuff like i'm mr unlimited a doctor can't tell me the timetable i can come back from an injury i will beat this And in retrospect, and in the athletic article, they talk about it. He doesn't, maybe he didn't come back to win games. Maybe he came back to prove a personal point that he is superhuman because he talks about that all the time. And that's a red flag because that's not him saying, I want to come back with my teammates. That's him saying, I want to come back to show the world that I am Russell Westbrook and I am super, uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me. And I am superhuman. All of those things that go along with Russ, the insincerity in every interview and press conference, the bigger-than-life personality, the chip on his shoulder, Mr. Unlimited. Denver has to deal with all of that now, and Seattle can move forward. The other side of that coin is you had a franchise quarterback. Look at the Vikings, for example. Look how difficult it is to find a franchise quarterback, or Washington, which we're about to talk about, or Denver. Like, they're now without a franchise quarterback and they're going to have to rebuild and reassess. I would be shocked if they didn't take a guy at the eighth pick to try and work in here. Maybe a Malik Willis, um, maybe Kenny Pickett, maybe Matt Corral. I don't know, but it's a double-edged sword. And getting Russ isn't as easy as he's awesome. You have all the baggage that comes along with him too. And I'm interested to see how Denver deals with that out of the gate. Mr.
2: Unlimited. I love it. I love it. But yeah, no, that, that, that sounds good. I mean, he will have to compete, have to play, play good. That's what he wants to do. Um, he was a six round pick, too. You know, he wasn't like a jumping off the page prospect coming into the league. So, and
3: well, you he, know, he, he was amazing as a college player. It was really just at that time. There just haven't been, there just wasn't that many examples of a really short quarterback dominating outside of Drew Brees. So that was really what bumped him down because he was incredible in college for
0: sure. Yeah. Um, True. True. He definitely was. I will say, statistically, last year, he just wasn't very good. Now, Finn and I had talked about this. We did a this or that segment where it was pick a quarterback the next three seasons. I stated I still like Russell a lot. I still think he's a great player. His EPA per play ranked him. 17 last year now he only had 494 plays which was significantly lower than pretty much everyone on this list but he he wasn't good when he played he didn't run at all which was the key and he's gonna need to do that if he's not willing to do that and that his play style is a pocket passer it does eliminate half of the appeal that he has as a player again all of this is to be seen going forward. He did have weapons on that team. I think DK Metcalf super overrated. So I don't necessarily know how much he helps in anything other than deep ball passing, but he had Tyler Lockett. He's going to have some good weapons in Denver. He's going to have Javante Williams. I think Tim Patrick's a good player. Jerry Judy has been underwhelming, but still a good talent. Cortland Sutton is a really underrated good receiver who they have locked up. So there are guys there. It's kind of all on the table to be seen, but, uh, I think it's at, if anything, a dead even trade. And I don't know if any of these teams overwhelmingly won or will be in a better spot in four years.
3: Yeah. I think, I think the, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a Russ guy. Like, you know, I, like I said, I still think he's the third best QB in the league, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're still, they're still behind the chiefs. They're still behind a few other teams. So unless they make some other type of major moves, which, it's going to be difficult after trading away all those early draft picks. It it is going to be, you know, they're going to have to overcome the odds to to win a Super Bowl for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. We will uh transition away from Russell Wilson into Carson Wentz, who, in a not very shocking move, I think a lot of people saw the Colts trading him, uh, coming was traded to the Washington Commanders for two third round picks. Washington will assume his salary now in full as part of the trade, which clocks in at about twenty-two million dollars a year. It's not bad, honestly, for a starting quarterback nowadays. It sounds like a lot, but it's definitely in that B, C tier. Uh, thoughts on Carson Wentz in Washington and what the Colts do now?
3: So, like I said, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, so watched Carson very closely for for many years, and. And then this past year in Indianapolis, you know, his stats weren't bad. And then they had a pretty good second half of the season over in Indy, but, you know, removing the stats and just watching him play just, you know, eye test. He really, yeah, he really was not, it's not like he fixed any of his major problems or took any major leaps forward. He really didn't play that great. I think that Reich's system is really just beneficial to QBs. We saw Philip Rivers had a really bad season for the Chargers. His arm looked like it was dead. And then he went to the Colts, and then he had a solid year there. So, And then obviously, you know, Carson had his big couple seasons with Reich in Philly before. So, yeah, I I wouldn't look to that as positive signs that he's back on the right track. I would still be very concerned if I'm Washington. But, I mean, you know, as an Eagles fan, not concerned. Uh the the so that division right now. So I don't know how much longer the Giants are going to ride out with Daniel Jones, but I just have to say that right now, Daniel Jones on the Giants, Carson on on Washington, and then Dallas, you 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 could kind of feel a lot of turmoil going on with Dallas right now. And then, you know, Cooper's leaving and then we've seen Dak struggle in the games when when prior to having Cooper or if he if he's missing receivers, he's not he hasn't shown to be that guy who can really carry his whole supporting cast. So and I mean I know like I said, Hertz hasn't shown to be too great either, but just looking at it from an Eagles fans perspective, I think yeah, we're still in that situation where the the NFC East is really just gonna be up for grabs right now.
0: Yeah. Um couple things on Wentz. His play, I don't think is the issue. Yeah, it's not great, but it's not horrible. I, he was 17th in EPA per play. He was near the bottom in CPO, which is completion percentage over expected uh, at a negative two. That's pretty bad. That's actually really, really bad. But he, he's not a terrible quarterback. I think the issue with him is leadership. Uh, from everywhere and every report we've seen, he doesn't take responsibility for his failures. He's kind of an ass to all of his teammates. And he's not a super likable, fun guy. And that, you know, it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all of quarterback, but it is important. Getting the guys and being a leader is important. Look at Tom Brady, um, Peyton Manning, uh, Matt Stafford this year with the Rams, Joe Burrow. If your teammates believe in you and get behind you and you are the leader and take responsibility for your failures, that can galvanize a team. And I think it's really important. And I don't think Wentz has that trait I think that's why the Colts moved on from him. I think the Colts are in a weird spot now where they have a win now defense and O-line, but no quarterback. Interested to see where they go and what they do, if it's draft or if it's trying to move and trade for a guy. But it's not a terrible situation for Wentz. I think that he's now the second best quarterback in that division. I would say Dak is head and shoulders above everyone else. He's a very good player. And then you have Wentz, Daniel Jones, and I'm out on Jalen Hurts. I think he's a terrible passer. I think you could move on the running back and he could be solid, but he's not a quarterback. He doesn't perform like one. Fun fact, though, he was ranked one spot ahead of Wentz for EPA per play, which is a pretty significant gap between the two of them. So he could be considered you know, a more efficient player than than Wentz even is. i it's all confusing. If there's a situation for him where he can take a team to a playoffs, he couldn't do it in the AFC South. So he's going to the second worst division of football in the NFC East. We'll see if he can do it on, on Washington, but their, their roster's not bad. Like he'll have a chance. They got some solid receivers.
3: Yeah. Th- isn't it, doesn't it feel odd though, that, that, you know, the Colts and Frank Reich went out and got Carson Wentz, but then now they're moving on from him already because like you said, if it's if it's kind of like a personality locker room thing, you know, these are things that Reich had to be at least, you know, decently aware of. And then, it, go go ahead.
0: No, yeah, I was going to say, I think Reich had him in the first year of his career. I think shit went south when Hallie Roseman started babying him and he got a big ego and a big head. He could have had that in his first year, but I don't know if Reich knew the extent of it uh, and, and where it was going. I, I think he expected some maturity that wasn't there.
3: Yeah, that's possible. And then I was also just going to add that, in terms of uh, play-wise, um, it, that it's also surprising from that angle too. Because, like we said, you know, he wasn't amazing last year, but he definitely did bounce back last year compared to the prior season when nothing was going right in Philly. And then I'll just add too, you know, I 100% agree that Jalen Hurts was absolutely, you know, just horrible as a passer last year, like surprisingly bad like almost unbelievably bad really. But you know, his last season at Oklahoma, he really did show some development as a passer. And if you're, if you're that dangerous as a, as a runner, as a quarterback, you just have to be mediocre as a passer to, to succeed. Like if we look at Lamar Jackson, obviously he doesn't have that type of running ability, but if, if he can rush for close to a thousand yards a year, which he came, pretty close to this past year and and then he's just somewhere around average as a passer that can be a formula with a good defense to where if you're slowing the ball down like if you're slowing the clock down if you're running the ball when you're ahead you kind of win games like that but yeah the nfc east is like we said kind of the same old picture that we're used to
0: yeah it's it's bad and looking at Wentz's stats last year 27 touchdowns seven picks 94.6 passer rating 62.4 completion percentage which is pretty bad um i don't know i threw for 3563 yards like his counting stats tell you that he's not bad but all of the advanced metrics tell you that he's not necessarily the guy that you want leading your team so i it's gonna be a wait and see i i think that two third round picks kind of show what his value is right now, which is not super high. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get it done in Washington in kind of a similar situation that he was in with the Colts. I don't have super high expectations. I think it's a really good move for the Colts where they can now kind of reassess, reevaluate. I don't think they want to draft a guy. I think they definitely want a veteran. I would be shocked if Houston were to trade Deshaun Watson in their division, but never rule anything out. So we'll see
3: right yeah that that Colts roster definitely has not pieces for sure so
0: look if, out if they for could just... Carr too I I I have a sneaking suspicion I watched Josh McDaniels talk about the team I have a sneaking suspicion that they might try and move Derek Carr so if he gets moved and he went to the Colts that would be a spectacular situation for him that's a huge leap of why would they get rid of him he's a really good quarterback but we shall see
3: I've always looked at Carr. He's definitely talented, but he just makes too many just, you know, boneheaded type mistakes, especially with game on the line. For If I was the Colts, I wouldn't want that. I think he's a guy who could put up some regular season numbers, but in terms of winning a Super Bowl, I think he's probably going to make too many mistakes in the playoffs to take out a lot of the top other quarterbacks he's going to have to face.
2: Yeah. You guys nailed it. Heck yeah. I don't even think there's anything to add.
0: Well, we'll move on to our our last deal of the opening week of the new league year in the NFL. Today, Khalil Mack traded from the Bears to the Chargers in a package that includes a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick. Thoughts on that, James? Thoughts on Khalil Mack out of the NFC North, which I love, and into that vaunted AFC West?
3: Right. So my first first instinct when I saw it was – I mean, obviously, the same as as everyone else. Like Khalil Mack's a great player, and then you're you're pairing him off the edge with Joey Bosa, and the Chargers do have a lot of young pieces, both offense and defense, that are are just getting better every year. But I also thought that Bosa was paired up with Melvin Ingram for a few years there, and so I was thinking, I was, I was wondering, you know, they never really, even if they were dominating individually. They never really took that defense to the next level. But then I had to remind myself that that team was so plagued by injuries year after year after year, just up there, like just top one, two, or three in the league in injuries every single year for many years in a row. So I think that held them back from being a okay team for a few years before. So now that, you know, ideally, if, if, if they could stay healthy, they have some pieces there, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Adderley, and then on the D-line, they're, you know, Bosa and Kilomack Mack together. Like, yeah, I, I, I like that team, and, like, I, I mean, we all know how good that division is now. I would probably have to give them an edge as the second-best team. I was surprised they didn't make the playoffs this past year over the Raiders, but, yeah, I, 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 I like them as a wild-card team this year for sure.
0: I think it's a great move for both teams and people are kind of shocked at the value, but you have to keep in mind, Mac's contract is really big and he was hurt all last year, getting a second round pick this year for him. Like the bears had to move him. He, he wasn't going to want to be there during a rebuild and they're not going to compete next year. Um, for the chargers, Bosa and Mac on the D line is up there with, with the best bookends in the league. They had the worst defense in my opinion, the NFL last year, this isn't going to help their run defense at all, which I still think is abysmal, and they're going to have to do work there. But it's going to help the pass defense, even if the secondary hasn't improved yet. Getting a better pass rush will help mask some of the secondary issues they have. And if their defense is even just like three spots better, they're going to be a playoff team. They re-signed Mike Williams the other day as well. They have a ton of weapons. I like Herbert a lot. I think he's great. I-, I think it's a good deal for both teams here. I'm very excited to see Khalil Mack out of the NFC North. Uh, Thinking about playing on the road in Chicago in the middle of winter as a Vikings fan and Kirk Cousins just standing back there as essentially chum for sharks for uh, Khalil Mack terrified me. And now I don't have to worry about that anymore. And the Bears are going to be really bad. So, you know, kind of a win for everyone.
3: Yeah, he he is definitely a force. And something I was thinking about recently too is that you know, there's, there's, there's been a debate for a few years, what is the most important position on the defense, a pass rusher or a cornerback, especially now that the league is so pass heavy. And in the beginning of this argument, I was kind of on the cornerback side, but recently I've been leaning back towards the pass rusher side in terms of what really takes a team to that Super Bowl level. Like we saw in the Super Bowl, obviously, you know, players like Aaron Donald and Von Miller were were some of the big difference makers for the Rams. and and Jalen Ramsey, as great of a player as he is, and is in the debate for top cornerback in the league, there it's just so hard for a cornerback these days with all the rules. They really can't touch the receiver at all. So, you know, it's it's not it's not surprising if you see some guy Jamar Chase who is faster than him, burn him down the sidelines, and if the ball is placed well, you know, what are you going to do? So, and then the the D lineman they they can impact every play too, you know, run and pass. So, I think. As I've been thinking about it, I think that it probably is the best way, obviously outside of a dominant quarterback, to build a Super Bowl team. And it's, it's definitely a good start for them, for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think this is a great move for the Chargers. And you didn't really give up that much for Khalil Mack. If you have the cap space, bringing in a guy like that is great. Um, Finney, what are your thoughts about Khalil out of the NFC North?
2: It's huge especially with Rodgers coming back. It gives him more time when you play the Bears. Bears never really worried me. But I think – I don't know if Khalil Mack injured Aaron Rodgers the last time, but there's always that factor when you play against a a player that good. Um, And now it just stacks that that NFC division. It's going to be crazy. It's almost like the Chargers and the Broncos just going tit for tat with huge acquisitions. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, James, one last question for you. New league year started up. Activity has been a flurry so far. Give me one move that you think's going to be coming that uh, has not happened yet.
3: Uh, That's an interesting question. Well, we know that Deshaun Watson, obviously a big trade for him, is on the horizon. And I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I saw a rumor that, he could go to the Steelers obviously we have no idea if that is I mean I I have such a hard time buying rumors at at really really any point in the season but especially at a time like this because there's so many ulterior motives with you know throwing smoke screens to make certain teams think you're going to do this so that you know you could actually you know trick them and do something else but if if Deshaun Watson goes to the Steelers we're talking about great NFL divisions right now Imagine just Sean Watson on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they already have a good defense. The, the wide receivers they have Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and Juju, and then Najee Harris in the backfield, who you know could catch ten plus passes in some games. And then you know them against the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. We could be at a situation now where we're talking about how great the AFC West is and they might not, they could end up not even being the best division in the AFC if that if that trade goes down.
0: Yeah, and Steelers legacy would be moving from one rapist to a second rapist. So, you know, in <laughs> interesting storylines all around. But all jokes aside, that would be a good fit. Uh, they don't have any O-line, but the way Watson could move the pocket and extend plays I think that uh, would be a fantastic fit. And you're right. He has a ton of weapons on that team. I mean, outside of that Friar great tight end. Um, they have pieces on the outside. Like you said, Claypool and Johnson, but you also have Washington as a deep threat um, who knows what they'll do in the draft. I would assume O-line help, but that would be a good fit. I I know that Kevin O'Connell said the Vikings are staying with Kirk cousins, but I still think that that could work because I want, I'm selfish and you know, I'm not, I'm a jaded fan, I'm a biased fan, but getting Deshaun Watson to Minnesota and actually being able to give Houston a tangible quarterback asset back where Kirk Cousins isn't great, but he's good enough for you to like compete for a playoff spot, maybe not get one. That could be a move. And then the Vikings could do a lot more better stuff with their offense, but that's probably not going to happen. That's a pipe dream. I like Pittsburgh as a destination. I still think the Eagles are the best bet for Watson considering how many draft picks they have and what their team is. I mean, they have arguably the best O-line in the league. They just need some exterior weapons, which they can get, but they have okay running backs, you know, a pretty okay defense. We'll see. I still think that's kind of the move that makes the most sense at this point, but that, that should be the next domino to fall.
3: Yeah, 100%. And, and as an Eagles fan... I mean, like you said, I mean, the Sean Watson situation, it's like, I mean, I, I had to root for Michael Vick for years on the Eagles. So it, it's definitely a very confl- conflicting feeling when you're in a situation like that. So I, even though obviously, you know, Michael Vick was runner up MVP the one season. So the Eagles are definitely in a situation where they could definitely make a big move. I'm really curious to see what happens. You know, they, they say they want to stick with Hurts for at least for at least another year. But I would definitely, like you said, not be surprised if they do make a big splash because, yeah, they have three first-round picks all right in the middle of the first round. Me, I I think that I would have no problem with us just not even packaging them, moving up the draft, trading for another player, just just trying to build a deep team, getting all, getting all the talent we can. But I'm definitely curious to see. I know Harry Roseman likes to make a big splash, so we'll see for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, hey James, thanks for joining us here uh, to talk some NFL new league year. Look forward to having you back. We'll see all these how all of these moves play out, and uh, next time we'll we'll talk some NBA postseason basketball. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, see brother. You. Peace. All right, we are back. Always great to hear from James. Um, NFL new league year. Just mayhem. It's going to be crazy up until the draft. But moving to the NBA real fast for NBA roundup. Sixers are playing the Nets tonight. And Ben Simmons has already pre-planned. So he's filing a, a grievance against the NBA for the way he was treated in Philly to try and recover his money, saying it was an untenable situation for him to perform. He's already cited this game that hasn't even happened. And the whole reason he's going to the game to sit on the bench is so he can use the reaction in that court case. Is there a more hateable man in the world than Ben Simmons uh, who just refuses to help himself?
2: No, isn't it obvious? All the fans just have to cheer for him and clap for him. Just fuck up his lawsuit.
0: Yeah, that would be great. That's not what's going to happen. I really want... The Sixers and they won't do this. I want them to lead into it. I want them to put him on the screen with his three point shooting stats. I want the replay of him not taking the layup in the Hawks game. I want him booed all night and out of the stadium. Uh, do not, and no one's going to hear this in time, do not throw stuff at him. I really hope that doesn't happen. I really, really hope that that doesn't happen. But it's Philly. Like literally anything's possible. Yeah. I, I don't know if we've seen this. Um, and we'll see it again when Carson Wentz comes back to Philly every year now, which is just – it's, it's going to be a bad look for Philly the next couple of years.
2: I mean, knowing all the goons from Delco, it wouldn't surprise me if a dip can got thrown at him, maybe like a crumpled up beer can, their, their Bush Light or Keystone, whatever they're drinking.
0: They, um, people found out he was staying at the Four Seasons and lined up outside to heckle him this morning that guy sounds like patrick star who's booing him Boo. Boo. <laughs> dude it was like nine thirty in the morning like you gotta have a lot of hate at 9 30 in the morning to wake up and do that
2: anything for the gram dude anything for anything to go viral on twitter i guess
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know like that behavior i don't support i feel that anger towards him but like one thing I do want to keep in mind and we're not going to have an opportunity to talk about the game until probably next week, even if we get to it because Monday's our tournament pod, but uh, he's a human being too. And while he's proven to be a pretty shitty um, human being who prioritizes money and status over, you know, ethics and, and who he, who he is as a person, he's still a person, treat him like a person. He's kind of brought it on himself, but, you know, we don't need we don't need it to get violent or any heckle him all you want. Fine. Keep it appropriate to, you know, what appropriate is for the situation. And please, God, I hope they don't throw stuff at him.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously out of line, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. On, on another note, I think I found the dumbest rule in the NCAA. Yeah. Ready to hear it? I am totally ready to hear it. This team that was in D2, I believe, Be- Bellevue University, I think is the name. Yes. They just got promoted to being Division one in college basketball. They won their conference and won the conference tournament. But because it's their, what, first year in Division one, there's a four-year period where if you get promoted into Division one in college basketball, you can't compete for the national title. So make it make sense, Eric, if you're, if you're admitted into division one, you're good enough to play division one. Why can you not compete for the national championship until your fifth, fifth year? How does that make sense?
0: I don't know how it makes any sense. I mean, the only thing I can think is like you have an unfair recruiting pool But you don't, because D2 still recruits the same people that D1 recruits. Um, I don't know if it's to protect the school. I don't know if it's so programs can't make an overwhelming majority of revenue. I don't know if it's about, hey, you have to pay this much to your conference and shared revenue before you can compete for these things so teams don't bolt conferences. I really don't know. I don't know if that's a, a bylaw Based on jumping conferences. That's the only thing I can think of where like, Hey, you win your conference and you go compete and you do well in the tournament. The next year, the big 12's like, yo, get this team immediately, get them in here. And they immediately leave their conference without essentially paying anything to that conference. But even then that's, that's not a really good reason. It's fucked up. It's fucked up for those players who thought they were going to the tournament. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. That's a really, really, really stupid rule.
2: I mean, yeah, all the situations you laid out revolve around, I guess, profit sharing or money, but at the base of it, it's just kids playing a game. Like you're telling me they can't go to the regional tournament and play up in New York just to play basketball. Like they, they won their conference. They did what they were supposed to do, but because of some BS rule, and we we all know the NCAA is one of the worst out there, but like, what are you kidding me? That's, that's what dreams are made of. Like you have a, a junior that stayed or that was on D two last year. and Now he's a senior getting the boys ready to play. We're going to win the natty this year. Let's go guys. They do. They win all the games on their schedule. Not all of them, but they won the ones they had to, and now they can't go. So they, like, what the fuck, man, that, that just pissed me off. But
0: yeah, it pisses me off too. I think it's unfair. I think it's most of all unfair to the kids that are playing at that college. Um, but that's the way all the stupid logistical business side of college sports works it's disgusting it, it comes across in multiple areas but it's a shame for those kids first and foremost
2: absolutely absolutely but all right I'll get off my soapbox that's my college basketball take of the day
0: yeah so. no the, the last thing I want to hit on the Russell Westbrook situation with the Lakers is getting really ugly. Um, he did an interview where he basically said, like, people are coming after his family. They're, they're writing letters of death threats. They're coming after his family on social media. He lamented that the Russell Westbrook nickname is, dis- is disrespectful to his mother and father and all of his coaches he's ever had, yada, yada, yada. I will say this is a twofold thing. First off, I understand as a human being why people heckling your family is above and beyond and wrong we talked about it with colby covington when we were recapping ufc i think it still applies here you're a grown man don't threaten a a woman or child who are not involved in a situation online over a guy not playing well in basketball games i don't know how we have to keep saying this but like don't be an ass like have fun troll a dude but make it fun. Don't cross this line where you're like, I'm going to kill you. I don't know why the fuck people do this. It's stupid. It's fucked up. And it's asinine. And it kind of ruins sports to an extent where this is why I'm not on Twitter. And I don't use Twitter, because this is what Twitter is. And maybe instead of being an angry incel, you can just critique the actual basketball going on on the court. The second part of this is, if you're Russell Westbrook, you're one of the highest paid players in the league on the highest profile team in the league. Yes. You got traded, but you chose to go there. You knew that if you played like shit, this was going to happen. And not only has he played like shit, he's refused to acquiesce the Lakers wishes and play within a system. He's like, I'm Russell Westbrook. I'm playing like Russell Westbrook. And when he does try to play in the system, he's just not very good. Yes. Him not being very good. Isn't necessarily his fault, but saying, don't call me Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. It's disrespectful to my family. You're going to get called it more. you got to have a little bit of self-awareness and he has absolutely none on top of being a bad basketball player, which just makes him completely unlikable. And, you know, I completely disagree with the way his family is treated. And honestly, any like death threats to a guy is really fucked up. Don't do that. Don't make it personal, but he totally deserves all of the hate he's getting for basketball. Cause that's completely controllable and his fault.
2: Yeah. Like don't get called. Don't brick the ball. If you don't want to be called Westbrook, make some baskets. I don't know. Play better. Try it's harder. Like, like- it, it, it's like, it's like we see, I mean, people call Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, uh, LeBum James, like people make fun of people's names all the time, I, this is like the first time I think I've heard someone say stop being mean to me I'm a professional athlete like. This happens all the time, I, I definitely understand your point but it's like fans, I guess, have a right to, to be angry now how far they take it is definitely up for debate and should be curtailed but I don't know calling him Westbrook to me. Tell me I'm wrong, Eric. Like uh, this seems like a light heckle from a from fans.
0: It's a super light heckle, and you know what? If you don't want to be called Russell Westbrook, shoot better. If you don't want to be heckled, play defense. Show some effort. Show some heart. He doesn't show any of those things. Yeah, he plays with a lot of effort on offense, but on defense, he just doesn't cover drop screens. He doesn't cover cuts. He stands there with his dick in his hand and does absolutely nothing. So if you don't want the criticism play better. And if you can't handle it, sit out the rest of the season, but I'm so fucking tired of this guy and I'm getting a little angry. Cause I really dislike him again, as much as I dislike him, I would never say personal things about him. I don't know him. I know who he is as a basketball player. I don't know him as a person. I've never met him I've never interacted with him how, how the fuck would I know what he is and what he isn't but he's definitely he's definitely proving that he's a little soft and admitting that the trolling is getting to you will not make the trolling stop it's not like anyone in the league office can go okay so we will make sure that we reach out to every single person who tweets at you or about you on twitter and ask them kindly to stop that's not how the internet works ross It's always going to happen. And you're not a sympathetic figure. So trying to take the sympathetic side was a bad idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like if the fans already don't give a shit about you and now you're letting them know that it affects you and that's what they wanted to do. They're just going to go even harder. Yeah. He kind of screwed himself on it, but
0: he's upset. He's getting booed at home. Well, maybe if you weren't, being an ass and also bad at basketball, you wouldn't be being booed at getting booed at home. Like it, it, it's, it's, it all falls on your shoulders, man. And he's dug himself into this hole again, strong disagree with anything personal, any like personal threats or people that are like, well, he's just a lazy guy and he doesn't work hard. And like, like, listen, I'm not in the gym. Like, I don't know how hard he works. All I know is on the court when he's on defense, His effort is abysmal. So that is something that I can quantitatively say. That's not a statement on him as a person, but all things considered, if you want this shit to go away, put your head down, work harder, play harder, give everything you got and have a likable personality. And this won't happen. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't have any of those things. So this is the situation. Yeah,
2: play better. Uh, I don't know what I should say. Russ, if you're listening, block out all the noise bro just play better focus on basketball dribble shoot just just block out the haters man just block block them out LeBron is the only guy you gotta worry about make him happy you'll be
0: good yeah man I don't know I don't know what he can even do at this point I think he's out of the league in three years or less but uh (laughs) yeah Uh, uh, who wants uh, him
2: I'm trying to, I'm trying to bolster his ego here. And
0: you're like, yeah, he's done three yeah. years. He's, <laughs> well, like, he's proven that he can only be a ball dominant, mediocre ball dominant star. What, what are you going to do? Go play in Sacramento. Like, I, like who would want you? Who would, no one wants you. No one wants you to run their offense. So I don't know. Like I said, it, as a basketball player, I don't like him as a person. Honestly, he's not my favorite, but again, I don't know him. So, like, maybe we hung out and he'd be cool. It doesn't really seem like that, but I I wouldn't know until I saw him. Facts. Facts. The last thing I want to hit on, we're going to be coming at you hot on the Tuesday podcast with an NCAA tournament preview. We're going to be hitting all the regions, give you... Elite eight, sweet 16, final four, championship picks, upsets you might like, bets that look good. It's going to be Finn and I breaking down the whole tournament. I am super excited. That also means that there's no Finney's betting corner on this podcast because there's going to be no follow-up. It will return next uh, Friday. All of our segments will, but I'm super stoked for this. I've been looking forward to this podcast for like three weeks.
2: That's an understatement. I'm so excited. So yeah, I'm ready. T- bring your notebook. Come ready. Um, maybe take some of our picks and our insight, transition it into the uh, bracket challenge that we're doing. And then yes. win, win some free merch.
0: Perfect transition. Cause that's what I was going to say next. The bracket challenge will be live on Monday. It'll be shared across all social media platforms for good soup. Matt and Allie and Dan are going to join it. Finney and I will clearly be in it. James is going to join it. Um, we're going to get Kaizot in there. If you like us and you like the content we make, if you don't like us, then just try and beat us and say, fuck you. Uh, everyone join it. The prize is going to be the first good soup merch drop. I'm excited for that. Um, we got a lot of things cooking. We're going to have this special podcast. We're going to have the tournament challenge in a couple weeks. We will be in our brand new studio in Maniunk, which I'm super stoked for. It looks really cool. I was in there tonight. So, a lot of exciting stuff going on over here. Make sure you do join that tournament challenge on Monday and tune in for the podcast on Tuesday for the full NCAA 2022 tournament breakdown. Let's get it. As always, guys, this has been the Victory Formation podcast. We will be back, like I said, on Tuesday. Have a safe and fun weekend. Enjoy the conference tournament and selection Sunday, and we'll see y'all on Tuesday.
1: I keep that thing on me. God damn it, Bobby. They see me selling propane, and now they trying to copy. Pretend to be broke, but I got hella cash. If you use charcoal,
0: I'ma kick your ass.
1: Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cuz he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement Made this money from propane, bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cuz he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement That's my purse, I don't know you running up, then I pull out this 32. Bitch, he's big. Bobby's spitting heat in the stew. I got rats on racks, and you ain't got a clue. God damn it, Bobby. Shut the fuck up. When I'm on the block, bitch, I fucking shit. Oh man, god damn it. Bitch, I'm pulling out, painting clouds on my walls. Better go kick my dad in the balls. You made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cuz he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement Made this money from propane, bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cuz he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement Oh man, goddamn Bobby, I know you were capping the whole time, boy I know you get no bitches and no hoes and no paper, no bands, boy All you do is sit in the fucking basement all day And play World of Warcraft with your bitch ass Jerking off to hentai all day with your ugly ass, man Bobby, you need to go get a fucking job or something, man I'm about to kick you out of the house